3: Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is
3: where sports talk gets real. That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now, here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
3: Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 whb home of the world's happiest broadcasters in kansas city i'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports and i love doing this show with you each week because we get into your mind your attitude your focus your demeanor you know i always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who'll come out on top and today we're going to talk about your mind You know, I've been fortunate enough to be working in this field for 40 years. I'm one of the first trained sports psychologists in the country. I've been on the radio now 30 years. The last 20 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, our shows are podcasted on all the apps all over the place, and I get feedback each week from people throughout the, the, actually the world. I get emails from people all over the place who are listening to this show, which I very much appreciate. Um. You know, I I do this show basically as a way to help you out with what goes on between your ears. And if you're an athlete, there's a lot goes on up there. At least there should be. Some people, you question it. Some people have too much going on. The mental side of life, not just sports, is often overlooked. And people take for granted What we're about, who we are, how we do things. Mental health is an underrated issue, topic, area when it comes to life. It's talked about much more now than it used to be, but still not enough, especially in the world of sports. Athletes are human beings, they are people. And I don't care if you're the greatest athlete around. I had the privilege to work with Kansas City Royal several times and I was around Bo Jackson back in 1990. I got to know him quite well. Probably the best athlete of modern times. He was a human being. He had feelings. He had emotions. We don't expect great athletes to be weak mentally. Great athletes have feelings. Great athletes... Have emotions. Great athletes think. They worry. They doubt. They question. You may not see it because a lot of them don't show it externally, but they're people. And I don't care what sport you play, I don't care what level you're at, the psychological side plays a role. Mental health is a topic that we're going to address today. It's something I've talked about on this show for years. But in light of what happened this past week with Naomi Osaka at the French Open, it's something we need to address even more so. And since this show is rebroadcast around the country on a number of stations and is podcasted, I think a lot of people listen to this. You know, we take for granted oftentimes the mental health of athletes. We, you know, sports psychology is involved with basically three areas. It's involved with performance enhancement, how you help athletes concentrate and focus, deal with their attitude, things like that. And then it deals with the whole mental health issue of, of just being a person and then the psychological issues of, that that go into being an athlete, and when you look at all these areas, the mental health area is, is oftentimes pushed aside. We we'll look at things like concentration and focus and attitude, but what about the person? What about who they are? I've always felt we're, we're basically affected by three areas. Our genetics, which we can't do anything about, the way we were raised, which we can't do anything about, and the environment we're in now, which we can do a lot about. So how you handle that environment, the people, the situations is really important. I've worked with Olympians, world champions, professional champions, collegiate champions, high school champions, youth champions, doesn't matter. Everybody's got feelings. Everybody's got issues that they have to deal with. For some people, it isn't really any big deal. For some people, it's a lot. You've got family issues. You've got personal issues. How you handle all those things is important. Naomi Osaka was criticized because she didn't want to talk to the media at the French Open. And then she was fined $15,000 by the French Open's tournament referee, and the leaders of the four Grand Slam tennis tournaments, the Australian, French, U.S. Opens, and Wimbledon. And they threatened her that she could be expelled from the French Open and face harsh penalties if she would not fulfill her media media obligations. So she withdrew. She said she's an introverted person who suffers from anxiety. Before she has to speak to the press, anyone who has seen me at the tournament will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety, she wrote. She said reporters have never been unkind to her, but here in Paris I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious, so I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. So they find her. Now, afterwards, they're all sort of coming back saying, oh, well, we need to look at at these issues. Well, you're darn right they should. You know, just because somebody is a great tennis player doesn't mean they don't have feelings and and, and, and issues. She's got personal issues. She's got anxiety issues. And she gets depressed. You've seen all kinds of athletes come out since this happened and support her. You know, throughout recent times, we've seen, and I've talked about this on this show a number of times, you know, Michael Phelps has talked about his struggles with mental health with depression and suicide and his alcohol issues. Kevin Love had a panic attack in the game. There's research that shows over 35% of elite athletes have suffered from some kind of mental health issue like eating disorders, burnout, depression, anxiety, stress. Just because somebody is great physically doesn't mean mentally they've got it together as well. Today, I want to talk about this. I want to open up our phone lines. I want to hear from you. If you're an athlete and you're dealing with things like this, how do you deal with it? Are you made fun of? Are you pushed aside? You know, coaches are are people too, by the way. Coaches are, are, deal with this maybe even more so because of the stress they feel to succeed and to win. So I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete, you're a coach, you're a parent. And the mental health side of who you are is avoided, it's made fun of, it's, 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 it's not dealt with. If you're down in the dumps, you get picked on. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete, I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent. This may be one of the most important shows we ever have because we're talking about how you feel. You know, we hear all the time about athletes who are going through personal crises. Kansas City Chiefs several years ago had a a linebacker named Javon Belcher who killed his girlfriend and then killed himself. These issues are real, and they affect all of us. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're an athlete, if you're a coach, how do you deal with mental health? Is it an issue for you? Do you get depressed? Do you get anxious? Do you get stressed? Do you get down in the dumps? How do you handle that? Do you get made fun of because you're feeling that way? Do you get does the issue get addressed? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the sports psychology hour. This is the sports psychology hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs as a sports psychologist. With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation,
0: go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
1: Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show him you love him. Keep him safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.
4: Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
2: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Go! Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihabprediabetes.org. That's doihabprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
3: Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Thanks for listening to the show this morning. Our station is Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. Our show is rebroadcast, as I said, throughout the country, throughout the week. And today's topic is mental health in light of Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open this past week, citing social anxiety, depression, and you know, here's, here's the top female athlete in the world, at least the richest, highest paid, coming out and saying, hey, I've got problems. I've got to deal with it. And I'm not going to play right now because I've got to deal with me. How often... Do you get made fun of because you're not feeling good? How often do you get made fun of because you're feeling stressed? You're a choker. You can't handle the pressure. Well, guess what? A lot of people can't. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And a lot of the reasons for that are because of other people, teammates, who make fun of them. I have a young man I'm working with right now who's a high school baseball player. His team made it to the state finals, as a a matter of fact. Wonderful young man great parents, he's been dealing with how he handles pressure. And one of the things that bothers him is a teammate who picks on other kids when they make a mistake. And he makes fun of them. But when this kid makes a mistake, he has an excuse for it. So in our session this past week, I said, you know what, it's time for you to do one of two things. Well, actually, one of three things. One is you can just keep doing nothing, but it's really bothering him. So I said, I don't think that's the answer. So I said, the second option is you go to the coach and you tell the coach how much is bothering you, how much is bothering other kids in the team. Because he said he's not even sure the coach knows, which I find hard to believe. But nonetheless, I said, go to the coach and ask him to say something to the team and maybe pull this kid aside privately and talk to him. And the third is for him personally to pull this kid aside because he's friendly with him. He's are not good friends, but they're friendly. Take him aside privately and say, listen, we need to talk. There's something you're doing that's bothering me and it's bothering other kids in the team and I need to tell you. Because if I don't, it's going to keep bothering me and it's affecting how everybody is. And I think the third option is what he should do first and then if that doesn't work, go to the coach. You know, When someone's suffering from stress, from depression, from anxiety, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want other people knowing because, oh, you're weak. Well, you know what? In my opinion, Naomi Osaka coming out and saying that she has problems with depression and anxiety showed how strong she really is. And I give her credit for saying what she said to the world, exposing herself mentally. Mentally to the world about her personal problems. And good for her. Because guess what? I've worked with so many athletes throughout their careers. And today with social media, it you know, it, 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 it really ticks me off sometimes because privacy has gone out the window. A lot of athletes have all these personal social media accounts and they put stuff on there all the time. But then when they make a mistake or they screw up, boy, do they get blasted. They get blasted by everybody. You know, people who don't know them. You suck. You're terrible. You can't catch a ball. You can't kick a ball. You can't hit a ball. You can't run a race. You know, they got called names. They're insulted degraded. But when they do well, boy, everybody loves them. But if they don't do well, they're terrible because they're supposed to be perfect. Professional athletes are supposed to be perfect. And if they make a mistake... God help. If you're an athlete and you've had to deal with this before, I'd like to hear from you. Have you been afraid to deal with the psychological issues you've got because you think it shows you're weak? You don't want to tell your coach that you're you're depressed or you're stressed. You're afraid to perform. You're scared to fail. You're scared to mess up. And God forbid you talk to the media about it because they they will blast you. What's wrong with you? Something's wrong. You know, the media has the job to do, too. And if you're an athlete or a collegiate or or professional athlete, you're going to be psychologically exposed because everybody sees what you do. Your physical performance is going to be evaluated. How you act, how you react is going to be evaluated. I know I've worked with many, many athletes, professional athletes, who will tell me, you know, after a game, they'll go in the training room and stay in there until the media leaves the locker room because they don't want to talk to them. Because they don't like the questions. They don't like being badgered. It's like, you know what, Doc? I suck today. I've had I've had major league professional athletes tell me, Doc, I suck today. I was terrible. I don't want to talk about it. I'm, I don't like it. I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to the trainer about it. I don't want to talk to the media about it. Everybody saw I struck out three times. Everybody saw I dropped the ball. Everybody saw I kicked, missed a kick. Yeah, I know. I've got to deal with it. I've got to fix it, but I don't want to talk to everybody about it and explain it because it's it's my issue. But I've got to deal with it because I'm I'm in the public spotlight. If you're an athlete and you get stressed, you get anxious, you get depressed, do you talk about it with your coaches? Do you talk about it with someone? Do you deal with it or do you see it as weak and you don't want to talk about it? You want to hide it. And you know what happens? It builds. You know what pressure is? Take an earthquake. What happens with an earthquake? Well, the plates of the earth move because of pressure. And then poof, it explodes. There's 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 that earthquake. That's why a volcano blows up. People aren't any different. It's the, the pressure inside that blows and blows, or, or builds and builds, excuse me, and then blows up. Psychologically, it's not any different than physical. All right, let's get... I'd like to get... Your feedback. If you're a coach, do you deal with the psychological side of your athletes? Do you deal with their mental health? Do you deal with their stress, their anxiety? Can you tell if a young person's depressed? Do you pull them aside and try to talk to them? Or do you just ignore it because you don't want to deal with that? If you are an athlete, are you afraid to talk about how you feel because people say you're weak if you do? I've had... Dozens and dozens and dozens of athletes on this show over the years. Olympians, professional, college. I've had coaches on this show who I've known, who I've worked with, who have taken the time to let their athletes talk. I've had coaches didn't want someone like me around because they don't want their athletes to deal with this stuff. They see it a sign of weakness. I, I was with a professional team once, and I wasn't rehired Because I was, I'll tell you, it was the 1990 Kansas City Royals. And after the year, the new general manager came on and didn't want to hire me back because he said it looked bad to the public to have a psychologist here because it gave the impression we had problems. The owner of the team, Mr. Kaufman, wanted me back. But the general manager didn't want to do it. Now, of course, that was 31 years ago. Things have changed. Now people are more open-minded to it. But there's still a big problem with this. Mental health is still looked upon as a sign of weakness of people. If you pull a hamstring, you'll go get treatment for it. If you're depressed, you should get treatment for it, too. Naomi Osaka, hopefully, has opened up the door to the awareness of why athletes are people more so than ever before. We've heard about with Michael Phelps, Kevin Love, as I said, but now Naomi Osaka, I think, shows more strength by what she's done than maybe any athlete. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
3: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio.
6: What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this.
5: Mom, we are so high up.
6: Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go.
7: (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the US Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
1: Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council.
4: Hey dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
3: Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And today we are talking about an issue that I think is probably as important as anything we ever talk about on this show, and that's mental health. Your mental health. And if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, how do you deal with it? I'd love to get some calls in here. I'd like to hear from you. If you are a coach, if you are an athlete, if you play sports, how do you deal with pressure? How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with how you feel? Does it affect you so much sometimes that you can't do well? The pressure gets to you. Have you ever quit playing? Have you stopped because mentally, psychologically, emotionally, it's just too much? The pressure's gotten to you? Or you just don't feel good about yourself? You've got issues going on inside. This is in light of what i started the show off by talking about Naomi Osaka, the great tennis player, the young lady who withdrew from the French Open last week because of being depressed and, and anxious. She said, I've got social anxiety. I'm depressed. She didn't want to talk to the media. She's a very private person, but if you're a professional athlete, you have to talk to the media. That's part of your job; it's expected of you. But she was just having too many issues with it, so she w- wouldn't do it. So she got fined fifteen thousand dollars, which for all of us would be terrible for her. That's a drop in the bucket because of all the money she has. But nonetheless, doesn't matter. They fined her because she wouldn't talk to the media, so then she quit the tournament. Said, "I'm sorry, I've got issues. I've got to deal with my issues." And she's been criticized by a lot of people as weak because of this. I think she shows more strength. And see, if, if I was talking with her, I would reinforce to her how what she did was such a positive thing for her. She did something she needed to do to take care of herself. And, you know, you can be the greatest athlete in your sport. You can be the worst athlete in your sport. It doesn't matter. You're still a person. You've got feelings. You've got to deal with stuff. And how you handle your mental health, your psychological well-being, in the end, dictates what you're going to do. I don't care if you're the strongest, fastest athlete out there, the best conditioned athlete out there. If mentally you're not feeling good about yourself, it's not going to go well. You know, I work with sprinters, pole vaulters, tennis players, golfers, baseball players, football players, soccer players. Doesn't matter. I work with athletes in all these sports. And in the end, it comes down to how they feel about who they are. All right, Blake, you wanted to chime in here.
8: Yeah, I just, uh, I've been reading about the Naomi Osaka thing pretty much most of the week. And I think one of the things people forget is the relationship that athletes have between them and their job, their career that they've chosen is unique beyond measure compared to almost any other job on the planet. Maybe... Well, being an actor, I would say entertainers. I I, I might give that edge. The only reason I don't is because typically the relationship to work put in, yes, you can put a lot of work in as an actor, mentally and physically, but the physical relationship of what you do as an athlete and then to be ridiculed by people who don't do that and can't do that, and nor could they ever really dream to do that, is mind-boggling to me. So you remember, as we used to work for the Royals, now I don't know if you worked for them, I don't assume, when they had Zach Granke. Zach Granke is a prime example of an athlete who is very, very good at their job. In fact, they're one of the best in the world at their job. Their job even though in the description and what people get get mad about is that they get all this money. Oh, you get all this money, this and this and that. You should be able to talk to the media. I've always had a problem with people who, who claim that because they get a lot of money because they're one of the best at their position in the world. Imagine Ted goes to work in the morning, right? Ted's one of the best forklift drivers in all of Kansas City. And then as soon as Ted gets done with his shift, he then has a microphone shoved in his face and asked every single question about every single pinpoint turn. Why'd you clip the railing when you drove past the? You know, it's it, it. Imagine if you did that every single day that you went to work. I'm sure that you would have an issue one day, going. You know what? I
3: appreciate it, guys. I just don't feel like talking to you right now. And there's and, and okay, so. Yes, I was with the Royals and Zach Rank was there, so I do okay. Know who he yeah, is. I didn't. I wasn't sure if you were. Yeah, I, I know yeah. you
8: know who he is. I just didn't know if yeah, you, no, you
3: worked. And, and I know who, I do know who he is. Okay, but look, I I've seen this, and you know, professional athletes have to deal with it because it's part of their job. But I think the pressure that that an athlete puts on him or herself, if they really are good is pretty intense they don't like to fail they don't like to mess up and if they do everybody sees it and then they're made fun of I mean for years Nick Lowry co-hosted this show with me he was the Chiefs kicker and ended his career at the Jets when he retired he was the most accurate kicker in football history and he kicked more field goals than anybody in football history I remember a game where the Chiefs were playing in Houston this is back in the late 80s and he, this is when they were the Oilers he kicked a 50 plus yard field goal at one point in the game and then he missed a 19 yard field goal. The only field goal he missed in his whole career I believe under 20 yards. Chiefs lost that game by less than 3 points. You know, It, it really bothered him. They came back later that night we went out and got something to eat stopped at a Seven eleven and he went in and, and I watched this interaction, and he talked about it on this show once he's getting something and there was a lady behind him with a couple little kids and she, and I'm sitting in front of the store so I could see this and and this lady was looking and she's pointing at him and saying something to her kids and she taps him on the shoulder and they have this interaction, and she's pointing her finger at him, and then eventually they they hug and and looked like he bought her, her stuff, whatever she was purchasing, which he did. He came out to the car and said, what was that? He goes, well, she came over to me and Hey, you're that Nick Lowry guy, aren't you? And he goes, yes. She goes, you missed that field goal today. You missed that field goal. We lost the game. Because of you, we lost the game. How could you miss that field goal? It was only 19 yards. He said, I picked my head up. I made a mistake. He goes, why'd you do that? How could you do that? And then he said, well, I did make a fifty 51-yard field goal earlier. Well, you're supposed to make all your kicks. And then he got. He said he got in a little conversation with her about whatever she did. You were make a mistake? Blah blah blah. And then she goes, "Well, yeah." And he goes, "Well, I made a mistake. Believe me, I feel bad about it." You know. And then they ended up hugging, and he bought her food for her, and you know, went their his merry way. Well, you're going to get criticized when you make a mistake, and if you're a professional or, or top-notch collegiate athlete, we've got the Olympi- Olympics coming on. I'm working with some potential Olympians as well right now. You know, the whole world sees that. I mean, it's not just, not, just, not just being a professional athlete in the United States or in your country. The whole world sees the Olympics. And when you mess up there, everybody knows about it, and they know about it forever. Believe me, I've worked with, you know, I was the U.S. Olympic cycling team psychologist back in the 80s. We won nine medals in the 1984 Olympics, but we didn't win a medal in every event. Hadn't won any in 72 years. And we had to deal with a bunch of things. And everybody talks about it. But how you handle yourself is so important. Mental health is not something you can measure or quantify. It's a soft science. Psychology is a soft science. It's not something you can quantify or measure physically. But it's how you feel. If you are an athlete, you have to be able to deal with that. Pressure, confidence, Attitudes, all that is important. I'd still like to hear from you if you're a coach or an athlete, do you deal with the psychological, mental side of who you are if you're an athlete or coach? If you are a coach, I'd like to hear from a coach. If you're brave enough to call and talk to me, I'd like to hear from a coach. How do you handle your athlete psychologically? Do you ever think about what you say and how you say it to them and how it affects them? You know, I, I, I've i said it for years on this show. A good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach is a sports psychologist. Good coaches are good listeners. Good coaches don't talk at their athletes. They talk with them. They listen to them. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology R.
0: This is the Sports Psychology
3: Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
7: Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together.
5: I got to tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are.
7: Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation. And it feels good. Wow, your story is so... Uh, Interesting? Yeah. <laughs> A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council.
6: If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today brought to you by fema and the ad council but i know about courage i learned from my adoptive mom she said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this
5: mom we are so high up
6: hold my hand (laughs) no you hold my hand here we go (laughs) (laughs) What?
7: Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit adoptuskids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
3: Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week discussing the mental side of sports, and today I'm talking about mental health. Why? Because probably more than ever before, mental health is as important in sports as we've ever seen. We're coming back from this tremendously terrible COVID-19 scenario. Life is getting back to some semblance of whatever normalcy will be. A lot of people have been severely depressed. We've lost friends. We've lost loved ones. It's been an awful, awful year and a half. But finally... Life is starting to come back around. And sports is coming back around. I've been to two Royals games this week. I went to the women's uh, soccer game last week. It was great to be at a sporting event again. I cannot tell you how happy I was to be at a sporting event. And there were a lot of people. I was at the game Friday night. And uh, it was great to see the stadium pretty full. A lot of people out there. A lot of excitement. Sports is coming back. Athletes are people. They're human beings. Coaches are people. They're human beings. Today's show has been about the importance of mental health. I cannot emphasize enough why it is important. If you are a coach, you know, no one's called up about this, but this is is the, the bottom line. If you're a coach, and I don't care if you're coaching little kids or you're coaching a professional team, college team, whatever, you need to get to know your athletes as people. And I realize if you're a youth sport coach, you're not going to have the time to do that with a lot, of, a lot of these kids, but you need to get to know who they are. You know, You need to understand their fears. You need to understand their stressors, their anxieties, because you will help guide them, and you will help them deal with this as they get better and older. If you are a coach of a high school team, if you're a coach of a college team or a professional team, especially, you need to get to know your athletes as people personally. You need to get to understand what excites them, what turns them on, what scares them. You need to understand their stressors. I don't care how strong they are. I don't care how fast they are. They still have to deal with that stuff. You know, when I started working In 1981, I stopped at the Olympic Training Center on my drive home from California to interview to work with the Olympic team. My professor, Dr. Robert Nidifer, set up an interview for me. I met with the assistant head of sports medicine, and he told me, quote, we don't need any of you psychology people around here to tell us what's wrong with our athletes. I was amazed. Assistant head of sports medicine told me that in 1981. In 82, I got hired to start work with the cycling team. And he kept my name on file, ended up, the cycling team wanted a psychologist. There was a program called the Elite Athlete Program that was designed to help sports, several sports improve in areas they wanted to improve on, and one of the areas the, psychology, the cycling team said they wanted a sports psychologist. So I was fortunate enough to start working with them. When I started working in Kansas City, no one would hire me. I interviewed a number of schools. They didn't hire me because they didn't want a psychologist around. My first job outside of my private practice was at the University of Kansas with the track teams when Bob Timmons and Carla Coffey, the track coaches, took a flyer and took a chance to hire me for five bucks a day, one day a week, which eventually turned into a job being University of Kansas' first sport, sports psychologist. I've had to deal with this forever in my career with people saying, if you don't need it, it's not important. It's more important probably than your physical condition because if your mind isn't together, if you're not dealing with the pressures and stressors that you have personally, you won't do as well as you can. Today we're seeing more and more teams utilize people in my profession as a staff member. And quite frankly, every team, professional team and college team at university should have someone like this on their staff. You've got strength coaches. You've got nutritionists. You need to have mental health experts as well. If you are an athlete, you train to get yourself prepared to play. You train your body and you train your mind. And when you're training your mind, you have to deal with who you are and what you're about. So it's great to work on how to focus shooting a free throw or how to concentrate when you're 150 yards off the green or when it's double match point Or when you're down 0-2 in the count in the bottom of the ninth. Or you've got to make that free throw to win the game. But you've got to deal with who you are and how you deal with that afterwards. I've talked for this whole hour about the importance of this. If you are a coach and you're listening to this show or you're listening to the podcast of this show, I hope you take the time to think about how do I talk at and to my team and to my athletes? Do I talk at them? Do I listen to them? Do I get to have I taken the time to get to know who they are? How are they? Forget playing the sport. Do I do I know who they are a little bit? I get to know what they're about. What kind of pressures do they feel from their parents, from peers? What about themselves? We started the show by talking about Naomi Osaka today. And God help her, I hope she works through these issues she has, the anxiety and depression she's suffering. I'm sure she's working with someone on it. I hope she is, because she needs to. And down the road, she will look back on withdrawing from the French Open as one of the strongest things she ever did. Because she told the world, I've got some problems. I've got to deal with it. I'm taking a break from tennis right now to work on myself. The pressure she felt to have to talk about herself. And, you know, this this probably goes back in part to the U.S. Open a couple years ago when she won and beat Serena Williams, and she was booed at the press conference afterwards, and it's probably had a huge impact on her. You know, it was a controversial finish. And Serena, who has her moments, let's we, we all know that with her, she has her moments where she blows up, she was very professional and and, and very accommodating towards Naomi Osaka and and, and give her a lot of credit because afterwards I I heard she was very supportive of her. This young girl beat her and it was very stressful for her and that's probably had a big impact on her and why she wears headphones. Does she want to deal deal with the crowd and the noise? But that's what she does. She plays tennis. So she's got to be able to deal with it. If you're a collegiate or professional athlete, everybody sees what you do. It's broadcast everywhere. Social media, which has obviously tremendous strengths, also has tremendous weaknesses too because you expose yourself all over the place. Everybody sees what you do. Everybody can comment on it. A lot of the professional athletes I work with, I tell them to get off social media while they're playing. Let somebody else handle their account for them. Don't read the stuff, positive or negative. Focus on themselves. Focus on who they are. I have a jersey in my office from a pro football player, a very successful one, who's playing now, and he wrote in that jersey, FOE, focus on effort. Focus on who I am. The bottom line is this. I'm going to have, in a couple of weeks, Mitch Morris, who plays center for the Buffalo Bills, will be on the show. Mitch has been on with me before. He used to play at the Chiefs. Mitch has worked with me for a couple of years. He's mentioned that. We're going to talk about that and dealing with that dealing with the pressure of being a professional athlete. You have to deal with it because it's part of your job. So how you deal with it, how you cope with it, how you react to it is important. If you are a coach and you're listening to the show or the podcast of this show, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of you taking some time at a practice to not have a practice where you're practicing throwing a ball or catching or whatever. Have a practice where you guys sit around as a group And you talk and ask these young men or women how they're feeling, how they're doing, how they're handling things. How do they feel things are going with the team? What are some things they'd like to see changed? How are they doing psychologically, emotionally? Years ago, I remember, and I have a slide I took of this. It's in some of the presentations I've given over the years. It's of a bunch of swimmers physically stretching before their race. And I asked them afterwards, you know, you're physically stretching. What about your mind? Are you mentally stretching? And they looked at me, what do you mean, Doc? I said, how are you getting ready mentally? And one of them had a routine, and the other said, you know, I don't do anything. That's probably something I should work on because I don't like screwing up. And she ended up working with me. She went on actually to, to do quite well at the NCAAs in her college career. The psychological side of sports the psychological side of life is as important as anything. And we're wrapping up the show here today. I'd like to hear from you. If you have comments on this, you can reach me several ways. You can call me at my office, 816-561-5556. Send me an email at drj at com. W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at sportspsych. Hope you get something from this show. If you are a coach or for an athlete, take the time to talk with people about how you feel. You will do better in the end. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Take care. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports if you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio that's winnersunlimited.com radio doing your best having fun and becoming a winner the sportsmanship foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio
2: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.